Matt Black Kia Studios, here's Mike Gill. A Friday edition of the Sports Bash starts right now, and we got a lot to dive into on a typical Friday. Sal Palantonio joins us. Chad Millman looks at the lines. Mosher has football at four. It's a happy hour Friday. We should be throwing them back today, getting ready to go. Casey Joyner, one thought on every game. Eagles, Niners, but Doc Rivers is in the house. As we got off the air last night, it happened right around 5.30. The announcement came down. The Sixers have hired Doc Rivers. Dust has settled. How are we all feeling out there? 609-403-0973. Mike Gill, Hunter Brody. Josh Hedding's producing today's show. You out there. What's up, everybody? Right now on Twitter, at 973ESPN, the dust has settled. Thumbs up or thumbs down? 84%. Thumbs up on the Doc. Got a new Doc in the house in Philly. How do I feel about that? I feel good about it. I think this is the right move. And look, it seemed to just fall on the laps of the Sixers front office that we keep ripping apart. It's almost like it's too good to be true. Something fell in their face that even they couldn't screw up. Well, do you give them... Do you have to give them credit for for taking quick action and maybe getting the guy that was the best available guy out there? Like, I know that there's been a lot of negative talk about the ownership group and uh, the front office. And look, they still haven't made moves in that front office. Are they all going to be coming back or what? But they got it done and got the guy in here. And look, quite frankly, like I'm going to try to get Doc on the show when he gets uh, officially announced. We will try to get him on the show. But my question is, why did he make the decision so fast? That's a good point. Like, what made him say, this is the spot I want to go? I don't, to my knowledge, I don't even know that he took another interview. Here's where I think this comes into play. Elton Brand. Uh, uh, you know, well, apparently t- they didn't know each other at all. At all. That's what I was told. Wow. That the two of them did okay. not really know each other, and that was one of the first times they met, and they hit it off. I'm surprised that they, because you just think the basketball world, when you're associated in it, you know, you know guys, and you well, would think that they would know Elton each other. especially played for the Clippers. Right. You know, like, so he had some ties to that organization. You would think, like, they had crossed paths, they had known each other. Apparently they did not know each other. And Brand just kind of hit it off with them, and my. But that was my initial thought: was there's a lot of openings right now. I mean, you have the Indiana opening. I don't think that's nearly as attractive as Philadelphia. I don't know why no one's talking about the New Orleans open. I mean, you get Zion Williamson, you have Ball, you got Ingram, Drew Holiday's there right now. I mean, that's a team that you would think that makes a little bit of sense. So why did he not? And are there other openings at a uh, Houston? Houston's another one. So Doc Rivers took no other interviews and said, I'm going to go with the first one, and I'm going to take it. Maybe it has to do with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Maybe it has to do with the five-year deal and how much money they're willing to spend for him, although I'm not sure exactly how the contract was working out with what happened with the Clippers. Maybe there was some sort of, The last thing I read was there was an offset. So he's going to make whatever he was going to make with the Clippers. It's just whatever other team pays him will then play a role into that so the Clippers don't have to pay as much. So from my understanding, he's, he still had money left on the contract with the Clippers, so he's still going to be making that money regardless kind of thing. Five-year deal, so he's here for a half a century. I mean, when you think about it like that, uh, you get a uh, half a decade, I should say. Um, half, a, half a century. Yeah, he's going to be <laughs> I went right next... over my head. I'm like, you're right. That's great. <laughs> going to be here for the next 50 years. Um, but Doc Rivers is the new coach. And look, while, and I tweeted this out last night, and, and, and somebody made some, you know, ridiculous claim about likes from the guy who uh, thinks it's a player's league. Yeah. The reason I like Doc Rivers is not an X and O thing. It is, he's a leader of men. I feel like. 
the one thing that I could criticize Brett Brown about was he was a little lax. He was a little lenient. On game day, players play the game, the players league, the players have 85% of hand in the outcome of the game. It's all of the other things that lead up to that game that get you ready for that game and get your mental preparedness going and just getting the best out of them. Do I think the Sixers needed a new voice? Absolutely. Was it time for Brett Brown to move on? 100%. Not arguing that. Do I think he was the biggest problem they had? No, I don't. Much like if you're watching the Phillies season. Did I think Gabe Kapler was the best manager? No. Do I think he was the biggest problem they had? Obviously not. Look what happened this year. Same problems, different manager. I think the Sixers, the big question will be, will they have the same problems with a new head coach? And I feel like Doc Rivers of the candidates is the best option of the options that they were interviewing. I don't know that he was the best option of all the potential hirees, but they only had these three. I feel that Doc Rivers is a leader of men and can maybe get Ben and Joel to mature. And that's why I would say I would give thumbs up as opposed to thumbs down. I give thumbs up as well. And, you know, I heard a lot of takes all over yesterday. People were so excited about what's going on. We're going to the finals. I'm thinking, wow, really? That's, I don't know about that. That's the type of impact. Well, that's just, you know, things I've going heard to throughout. The finals. I know, right? But that's how excited people are. It's very similar. I like that you mentioned the Phillies with Joe Girardi. We thought that that would make a serious impact, more of an impact than it did. And we saw what happened when you just don't have the right roster, when you're not in position to actually do the right thing. You know, with the whole Ben Simmons thing. He's going to force him to shoot. You know, that's some other takes that I've heard. He's not going to force him to shoot, but maybe his message hits differently for Ben Simmons when he does speak. Like, hey, son, you got to do this. Well, I'll tell you what. Doc Rivers, one thing that if you go back and try to find some things, all right, let's find some things that are parallels that he's done in the past that maybe can help him here. Well, he coached Rondo. Rondo, and here's another thing. By the way, I don't know if anybody saw this, but it's up at 97.3 ESPN.com. There's a report that the Sixers are also interested in adding Alvin Gentry to the coaching staff. Now, that is something that I like a lot because that's, I think one of the problems was Brett was the head coach and his assistant staff was very weak, very inexperienced and very weak. So Brett, who was a first-time head coach, also had a very inexperienced coaching staff you bring in doc rivers now you're bringing a guy who's a is a guy he's a real leader you bring alvin gentry in you got two veteran guys who are really you know i thought alvin gentry um has been a pretty good head coach not great as a head coach but what he is is alvin is a very good offensive minded coach he has um a lot of great sets out of the timeouts. If you watch his time, I watched last night some stuff with him and Anthony Davis. Remember, Alvin Gentry coach Anthony Davis, Demarcus Cousins, Drew Holiday, Brandon Ingram. Uh, you know, he's had some really high talented players. Steve Nash. I mean, Alvin has had some great. Now, Doc is a defensive minded guy. Alvin's a very good offensive minded guy. You put them together, and I think the Sixers staff just got a Staff as a whole just got a major upgrade if they can get Alvin Gentry in here. The reports are, you know, he did work with Doc in, with the Clippers a couple of years ago. He's also being wooed by the, the Kings because he worked with Walton when those two were together in 
Golden State. Now, why would you choose Sacramento over Philadelphia in any stretch of the imagination? I mean, I don't know. But that being said, I think getting Gentry would be a really big add to get both of those guys. Maybe with Sacramento, does he see a possibility where maybe Walton leaves one day and he has a better opportunity to land the job over Doc Rivers? I'm just throwing out scenarios. Like, if you're thinking about, can I get a head coaching job the next place I go, he probably has a better chance in Sacramento than Philly. But this does remind me of the Flyers. The Flyers got Elaine Vigneault. Michelle Terrian, Mike Yo to help him with his staff, all former NHL head coaches. And when I saw that report, I, I saw you tweet it out last night, I was thinking, wow, that, that, I mean, that would just add another element of professional head coaching experience on the bench with the Sixers team that will absolutely help. It doesn't hurt. And that's what I love about this direction is, you know, Doc Rivers, I'm not going to go as far as saying it's a safe hire because I think it's more than that, but I just don't know how you look at this hire and get disappointed with it. I just don't know how that is. Yeah, um, I don't think that you could say that Doc was any better or worse than Mike D'Antoni or Ty Lue. You might say, I didn't like Mike D'Antoni's system here. You might say, the one problem I had with Lue, I guess I go back to when when LeBron left and they just turned into a disaster. And didn't he, remember he took like time off, he was having a nervous breakdown. Then he was fired. That same year the, of him taking the time off, no? Wasn't he fired like right when that happened, when um, he was done? I don't know if it was the same year. I thought he had okay, maybe the whole it thing. And then the next year the they started off season. like 0-8 or something like 0-6, was it? Okay. And they, they got rid of him. But like after LeBron left, like he, he kind of had a, a break. And, and I'm not criticizing the guy, but I'm saying if that happened in Cleveland, the media scrutiny here, I mean, is if the team's not doing well, is he going to handle the pressure of coaching in Philadelphia as opposed to the pressure – and handle in Cleveland, like you know, it's a lot different coaching the Philadelphia 76ers, I'm imagining, than the LeBronless Cleveland Cavaliers. I know it's been a couple years, but I do think that it's saying something that he is continuously in coach searchings. Now, he does seem to fall short of that, but when Doc Rivers pops up, it's easy to fall behind someone like Doc Rivers. But I do think it's interesting that a lot of these teams, when they talk about okay, who are we going to hire next? Ty Lue's name is in there, and I think that there's a reason why that is. Well, I think people, like the, the whole Ty Lue thing, I think they it's the players, you know, respect him because of his relationship with LeBron, and there's this notion that, you know, LeBron kind of handpicked him and that he respected Lue and that Lue stood up to LeBron at times. But then you have this other side of, like, people who would say, well, LeBron really coached that team. It wasn't Lue. You can't have it both ways. I'm not criticizing Lou for his role. They won a championship as the head coach of that team. But it also goes to the point of the people who say how important the coach is. I'm on the other side. Look, I don't think the coach is of nil importance. I, I, I stress that all the time. There is definitely an advantage of having a guy who's savvy on that sideline, inbounds plays, late, you know, a late play here or there. Those plays are very, uh, in, you know, infrequent sometimes I think a lot of the other stuff is where I put a lot more importance on the coach it's off the court it's training camp it's developing players it is getting the team mentally what is their personality what's the personality of your team you know what I mean like and I think that's maybe where Brett was not the best like what's the personality of the team I don't think Brett failed them on an 82 game season I think maybe where he wasn't the best was 
the days off behind the closed doors. He didn't want to be confrontational. Maybe he babied these guys a little too much. But I didn't look at a game and say Brett Brown cost him the game. No, you might say Brett Brown didn't have him prepared for that night. But once that game comes into play, those players had many chances to win games that they didn't win. It wasn't all Brett Brown losing games for them. That's where I think Doc Rivers maybe would be better served for a team like this, is behind closed doors, training camp, getting them prepared, and maybe he runs a better system for the talent that he has. Rondo is a guy that he coached. Now, he had the Lob City teams. I didn't love that style of play. Does that play style of play? They didn't win anything with that group of guys. Chris it, Paul, Blake Griffin. Did it fit that style, though? Like, it, Did he say, okay, this is what we have. This is what we can run with the personnel that we well, have. Well, what it does show me is he will adjust his style based on the talent that he has. He right. has Lob City. All right, we'll do that. You give me this group of guys. Now, this goes back to the coach and the player. Do I, he blew another 3-1 series lead. He gets He's criticized a lot for how many 3-1 series that he's blown. I mean, again, am I blaming Doc Rivers for blowing a 3-1 series lead, or am I saying, dude, Paul George is supposed to be an all-star player in this league, and he stunk. I'm going to go with George stunk or that Doc failed. That's what I'm going to go Although with. Although there is some reports that there was – he did not connect well with with Kawhi and George. Now, that being said, even if that's the case, you're not going to connect with everybody. You don't just say, hey, you're a great guy, I'm a great guy, let's connect. I mean, sometimes you just don't connect with somebody. He connected with Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, and Paul Pierce. He connected with those guys enough to win a championship. He connected with Paul, uh, Chris Paul, uh, DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin, so... Yeah, sometimes you do, and just sometimes you don't. I mean, maybe Kawhi Leonard's a quirky guy, and Doc just, maybe they didn't see eye to eye. I don't know. I mean, you don't get along with 100% of the people that you come across, so I'm not really concerned about that. Now, he did get a tweet from Joel Embiid last night saying, I'm excited, and he said, hashtag Philly forever. Philly forever, huh? That was his hashtag. Joel Embiid likes it here in Philadelphia. I, well, well, there's some people that were, oh, maybe he doesn't want to be right, here yeah, anymore. I, all I, that know, stuff. I know how it goes. Now, here's a question. Yes. Doc Rivers is the new coach. Does he come here, and is the notion that he comes here is, I'm going to do something big? Trade-wise, front office-wise? See, on paper, it doesn't say that he's anything other than the head coach. Well, it's not official yet, but that is the conversation. He's just going to be the head coach, not so much front office stuff. But I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Do you really think that Doc Rivers is coming in here and he's he was sold some masterpiece from an ownership standpoint and from a front office standpoint, and he went, I believe that this is ran so beautifully that I'm just going to be the head coach. Doc Rivers is way too smart for that. So I think on paper he's not really a front office guy, but he's going to have a lot of say in certain moves that are done with this team. Wouldn't you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah, there's no way that he's just a coach. I'm just not buying that because this organization is not ran properly, and I know he knows basketball to the point where he would sniff that out if he was, try if he was trying to be sold something that wasn't actually happening here. Um, yeah, and I think, like, I I'm wondering if they sat down, you know, like, all right, for instance, you sit down to interview for a job, that person's going to ask you, hey, this is our situation. If you know anything about our company or our, you know, team or, you know, we work in radio, if you, if I, if, if you look at my radio station, what can you tell me? What's your opinion? What would you do differently if you were in charge of my radio station? I'm interviewing for the job. You know, I might say, 
well, you know, I don't really like your midday show. I probably would do something with that. I'm sure the owners would say, you look at our roster. What do you think? What would you do? You know what? Well, I know Ben's a great talent, but I don't think you can win with that guy in this league. Or he might say, I think Ben Simmons is a great talent. I think I can get more out of him. How can you look at Ben Simmons? See, I need Doc Rivers to attempt with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons before we move on from any pieces. You, There was actually a clip of Doc Rivers speaking about Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, and he was saying how Ben Simmons was like Magic Johnson, how Joel Embiid was a post-up center who can play a stretch five, which is very unique in this league. So with him saying that, I would like to think that he would give this a shot before any sort of move was actually going down. Yeah, and I wonder, um, when you look at his past roster, you know, specifically... Um, he had the, the Lob City teams, which is way different uh, from what he has now. He had this incarnation of the Clippers. He had the one after the Lob City teams when Jordan left and Blake Griffin left, and then it was just kind of Chris Paul. He had Tobias Harris. Those teams were just kind of eh. Um, now this whole thing about Tobias Harris. He did coach Tobias Harris. Harris had his best two seasons um, they weren't even two full seasons, really. He he was down there for like a season and then like another season. And so yeah. I'm not saying, first, first of all, Tobias Harris can't be your second best player. Okay. So people who think that he's going to get the most out of Tobias Harris, he may, but he's, you can't be hoping that Tobias Harris now outshines the two guys that you have. It still comes down to Ben Simmons and Joel B. If he can get more from Tobias Harris than what you got, there's no harm in that. Tobias Harris shot, what, around 42 43% from three in L.A.? If he's doing that here, that's a significant oh, his difference. His numbers were, were significant. We I think it was 36 yesterday. in Philadelphia, 36-37, and it was 42 in I'll L.A. In L.A., from three-point, he shot 42, and in Philadelphia, he's 35. Okay, so now, that's a huge difference. It's a huge difference, but the points per game were almost identical. 20.3, you know 19.2. The efficiency. So sometimes with... With Tobias Harris, he scores you 23, 24. He it's takes so weird, 19, though. 20 shots. It's so, so weird, though. The numbers are not, not – that's not the case, though. No? His field goals in Philly, 15.9 attempts. In L.A., 15.7. Wow, that's weird. His makes in Philly, 7.5. And in L.A., 7.7. So what are we missing here? Um, I mean, he gets to the free throw line, almost exactly the same, 3.1 to 3.4. He makes 2.9 to 2.0. I mean, literally, he's a point off. And the only difference is he shot he shot five threes in Philly, 4.9 in in L.A. He made 1.8 in Philly. He made 2.1 in L.A. I That's mean, the numbers so weird. are almost the same, but it's just a percentage. I mean, he's 35. That is weird. 35% in – and by the way – He's played 99 games in Philly, 87 with the Clippers. So, you know, he's, he's played 12 more games with the Sixers than he did. So the numbers across the board. Now, the only thing I could say, uh, free throw percentage, 85% in L.A., 81 in Philly. But he takes three there. He takes three here. The only thing I could say is his three-point percentage is a, is a – 42 and 35 in three-point language is a lot different, it's though. It's huge. It's huge. So it's – Here's the problem I have. I don't feel that Tobias Harris was constantly getting bad contested looks. I feel like he got open looks a lot and just didn't knock them down. You know what the difference was, though? Doc Rivers likes to and it's not just Doc Rivers. It's just the way the NBA was, and you saw a lack of it with Brett Brown. The pick-and-roll game, and I just wonder if 
does Tobias Harris feel more comfortable with that pick and roll game that that is what kind of allowed him to to be better? But you're right. I'm not disagreeing with you. He had open looks in the corner. How many corner threes did you see Tobias Harris wide open? It was a brick or it was long. You know what I mean? Like he did have plenty of wide open looks. L.A., 34.6 minutes a game. Philadelphia, 34.5. I mean, the numbers across the board. Now, his free uh, field goal percentage in L.A. was 80, uh, 48, and in Philly it was 47. The only major difference is the 3.42 to 35. That's the one that's a little – but he only scored, again, one point more per game with the Clippers than he did in Philadelphia. Now, some of the other teams that he played for – Orlando, early in his career, um, he averaged 15 a game. Detroit, 16.8. Then he went to Clippers, 20. Then he came to Philly, 19. Let me ask you this. We we went back and forth between, hey, should they get rid of Tobias? Should they get rid of Horford? I lean towards Horford because I think Tobias fits better in the stretch four. You said maybe Horford could be utilized differently, which I agree with. Now that Doc Rivers is here, though, do you think getting rid of Al Horford would be the better bet based off of his experience with Tobias Harris? I thought about that last night, like, hey, do I want to see? It's not like I'm excited, like, all right, let me see Harris now. <laughs> right, like, right. I feel like there's a comfortability level. He knows the guy. It certainly could help, you know. And there were some reports last night that the Sixer players were very happy that Doc Rivers was the guy that got the job. I would imagine they did talk to Tobias to say, hey, what's this guy like to play for? I'm sure he vouched for him. I don't know. I'm kind of intrigued, though, also to say, hey, can Doc Rivers – get more out of Al Horford? Or do we all just think Horford's shot, a shot fighter? No, I don't think it's so much a shot fighter. I just think next to Joel Embiid, based off of Joel Embiid's game, it doesn't really flow properly. That's all. And the spacing is so yeah, wack because big... Ben doesn't shoot. So it's just like a whole combination. But of, if he's running big weird. pick and roll, Al Horford's a great You're guy right. in that role. You're right. But where does Joel Embiid fit then? Is he now kind of in a different area that we're not accustomed to? Which, or, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it definitely it just changes so much that I just don't know. It does. Um, the question that you asked is very valid. Do those two guys fit? I don't know. Well, let's see. Doc put it together. Well, I don't want him to have to try his first season to to unravel a Rubik's Cube. You know what I'm saying? So give him the best roster possible. But here's a question I'll ask. Now that there's a different coach, would you rather just keep the same roster instead of, again, changing the pieces around Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons? Say, look, I know it didn't go well last year, but there's a new coach here. You guys play another season together, and let's see if the continuity can help because we keep changing the pieces around Ben and Joel, and maybe that's part of the problem. So do you just say, you know what? We'll take another shot with this group. I think you have to make a move, and here's why. I don't think Shake Milton, Josh Richardson, I don't think that cuts it because the bench is really weak right now as well. And you need a deeper bench. Like, I think you need a deeper bench than what you had last year off the bench in the postseason, right? Like, Furkan Korkmaz being your seventh man off the bench. That doesn't work. It doesn't fly. And I know it matters that Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid play better and play in the postseason. That's what's more important than, say, your sixth, seventh man off the bench. But if we're looking at this as a roster that needs to compete, I just don't think they have enough if they stay pat. Like, is Shake Milton being your starting point guard really what you need if you're, like, a legit contender? Or is Ben's probably going to have the ball back in his hands, I would imagine, but he'd still be out there. I think you got to make a move so then maybe you can make this team a bit deeper. I would say that you can certain, but that's a that's a minor move. Is uh, it though? Uh, Get, yeah. Getting rid of Al Horford and then maybe adding th- oh, no, three pieces? No, Shake Milton. 
Right, but it, it let's. Uh, you're right because the others matter I mean, yeah, more. Yeah, you're going to make tweaks and changes. But the only way to do that really is to get rid of these big guys because you don't really have much room. See, that's why everyone's talking about. Well, maybe Doc Rivers can attract people, which no doubt he does. Where are you fitting people into this roster right now based off the salary cap? You're not. So if you want to bring in some of the attractiveness that Doc Rivers can provide, you're going to have to give up some pieces that are making a lot of money, which are the big guys we're talking about. Uh, give us your thoughts, 609-403-0973. Do you like the Doc Rivers hiring? Got somebody saying, tired of these retread coaches. Okay, if you're tired of them, give us a guy that you would have preferred. Everybody told me, I don't want Lou. I don't want Mike D'Antoni. I don't want Doc Rivers. But in the same breath, if I say, well, who's the guy you wanted? Nobody gave me an answer. I literally did not get – all I would get was, oh, hire Jay Wright. Well, Jay Wright doesn't want the job. Give me somebody that you wanted. If you didn't want Doc Rivers, you didn't want Ty Lue, you didn't want Mike D'Antoni, you wanted Brett Brown fired. You got that. And nobody gave us an acceptable replacement. Now you got Doc Rivers and you're complaining about a retread. That makes By the way, no a retread who won a championship. Yeah, that makes no sense to me because we're in a situation right now where this is one of the biggest hires in franchise history based off of where they are with their roster and whatnot. You want a random guy who's never coached before? Right now, I want Doc Rivers, a stability guy. You want a guy who's never coached before because you don't want to retread? That makes no sense. Sports Bass brought to you by GMS Law. Make the right call. Four convenient locations to serve you online. GMSLaw.com. Give us your thoughts. 609 403 0973 on the PlaySugarHouse.com text board. Michael Kasky Blomain will join us at 4.30 to talk more about what he thinks on the hire. We'll have anytime hotline calls blown up last night with the Doc Rivers news. People wanted to get their voice heard. We'll play some of the anytime hotline calls and react to your reactions out there. This is the Sports Bass Live on 97.3 ESPN and the free mobile app powered by First Bank of Sea Isle. Talk show, The Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN FM. How about that? Uh, just got a text from Mark Jackson who said, I can come on right now. So we got Mark Jackson. That was a surprise. Yeah, it's nice. We'll get his thoughts on the hire. Mark Jackson, Sixers pre and post game, NBC Sports Philadelphia. Sports Bash brought to you by AutoZone. They have more choices when it comes to getting what you need. Whether it's free same-day pickup in-store or curbside or next-day delivery, they're always ready to help get in the zone. AutoZone, Mark Jackson. We'll get his take on Doc Rivers. Is that weird to say a little bit? Like, no, I have no problem with the Doc. No, I no, I love it. I'm just saying like <laughs> oh, Doc that Rivers. Because everyone's texting the, Zoom yeah, off. Yeah, I know, I know. Doing. I'm just saying like the Philadelphia 76ers, their head coach, Doc Rivers. It is a little odd. We'll get Mark Jackson's take on it, though. Was uh, he the best candidate? Was there somebody else that he had his eye on? And how Mark Jackson will change what this team has looked like over the last couple of years. Mark Jackson, NBC Sports Philadelphia, pre- and post-game live as he joins us now on the Boardwalk on the Hotline. Welcome back, Mark Bud. How are you? I'm doing outstanding. What's going on, fellas? All is well. Thanks for that text, man. It caught me by surprise. I was like, all right, Mark Jackson's good. He's ready to go. Um, <laughs> I know a lot of people have probably been asking you, uh, Doc Rivers, number one, how does it sound that Doc Rivers is the Philadelphia 76ers head coach? Listen, it's, it's, it's good to hear, man. It's good to hear. Out of all the candidates, I really like this hire. Great decision. Uh, the process, I hate to even use that word, but this process took some time. 
but it was well worth it if we ended up with Doc at the end. What does he bring to this team in terms of a man, a leader? Because I think in the NBA, that maybe is the most important role as a coach. Absolutely. No disrespect to Brett Brown. I'm not saying he's a better coach than Brett Brown. I'm just saying he's a different coach than Brett Brown. A player that's been there, has played the game, when you in the huddle, you know this guy's drawing up something that he's already been through. You know, that means a lot nowadays to players to have a player in the NBA, a player coach, who you can call a player coach who's been there, done that. And it kind of it gives you more, a little bit slight more of a different feel when you have two superstars and, and uh, Ben Simmons and Joel B. Now they look almost to somebody eye to eye who they can't say, well, I, you know, I don't feel like doing this or I'm not doing this. This is for the betterment of the team. This is what we need you to do. Let's see if it comes off differently from Doc Rivers than it did Brett Brown. Yeah, I'm very excited to see Doc Rivers on the sidelines. I want to get your thoughts on if he's going to be helping out with certain decisions maybe with this team. I know they're saying it's just going to be a head coach role, but I would think that he would have some say with some decisions, with some personnel moves and things of that nature. Yeah, maybe so, but let's look, let's look at what it is, what it is. You know, if he's just here for a coach and not really coming – to put implant on, on, on personnel moves, then so be it. We need a coach right now. Right now, the, the 76 look like they have the highest payroll in the NBA next year. If we have to live with this roster, let's look at worst-case scenario. This is what we have. What can we do with it? Let's not say, oh, well, what can he do with the rosters? No, no, no. I don't like to look there because if nothing's done, they were disappointed. So let's just stick with what we got. And let's, I mean, not that I would like that to happen, but if that's it, let's see what Doc can contribute in that sense from the bench, from the personnel. Can Ben finally shoot some jumpers? Last five minutes, the doctor say, all right, big fella, we need you on that box, Joel. Last four minutes, last five minutes, bring us home. We don't need you out here jacking four or five threes in five minutes left. Mark, you know, uh, I actually suggest, I know they got some bad contracts and everybody gets that, but Ben and Joel have had different people around them almost every year that they have been in the league. I'd almost like to see them try to gain some sort of continuity, even if these pieces don't fit the best, see what Rivers can do with them, rather than blowing guys out of here and giving them new teammates again. That's a, see, there you go. That's the best way to look at it. Listen, that's, it is what it is. This is who we have. That's his role we have. And let's stay with a new coach, yeah. a new system. Can he get something different out of it? I believe Doc can. And let's just go from there. Like you said, once again, I prefer that route, and they said, well, let's bring in this piece. Let's bring in that piece. I mean, the last three, four years, we've made major adjustments to this roster. Can we once, once you said, full once, leave it the way it is with a new coach and see if he can give us a different result? Well, the one thing with Doc, we've seen um, he won the championship. He had three superstars. He got, you know, he got those guys. He had Rondo, a guy who didn't shoot all that much, so he he, he can figure out what to do in that situation. He then ch- what I like about Doc is that he changes to the personnel that he has. He doesn't do what he wants to do. He he, he did the Lob City thing. He you know he's changed his systems around based on his roster. Absolutely. Now, can I bring up something that that's really bugging me? You speak on that. You speak on the roster, you know, adjusting to the roster. I know all the rumors saying Mike, Dan, and Tony, but how did that fit with the Sixers? You got a guy who likes to play without bigs, five guards. You got one of the most dominant big men in the NBA, you want to be. Then you got a guard who don't shoot jump shots. 
but you saying Mike D'Antoni, that didn't make no sense to me. This does, for all the reasons you mentioned, proven winner, knows how to adjust on the fly, knows how to make adjustments for who's on the roster. That's very important. You can't come in here with a person, respectfully, who has set in stone, this is how I want to play. Well, the roster might not determine that. So you're going to make them make adjustments to the roster to fit your needs? Then what about if you don't get exactly what you want? Then what happens? I like this pick over there. It's only any time of the day. I would have to agree with you. Now, this doesn't bother me, but I know it bothers some, so I want to get your thoughts. He has blown multiple 3-1 series leads. I think that, you know, that's a product of some of the players in a new in a new team, in a new organization with different players. That doesn't necessarily mean that would be the case with the Sixers. So it doesn't really affect me too much when looking at the hire of Doc Rivers, but what would you say to the ones that are bothered by the 3-1 series leads? I mean, listen, that is a, a very, very... Uh, interesting point, and it needs to be brought up. He did leave, lose multiple, multiple leads, three one. So that's something that nobody gonna forget. Uh, forget. You ask him, okay, what justice can you make? How can we prevent that from happening in the future? This is a different team, different unit, different superstars. May, hopefully, it's a different result than blowing a three one lead. I think these are key, key points. But if you look at the resume, if you look at a guy that got over nine thousand points over 4,000 assists and over 1,000 steals as your new head coach who's been there, who's had superstars, like I said, made adjustments. I think the positives outweigh the negative anytime. Uh, were you interested in Ty Lue at all? I was interested in Ty Lue. I was. So if, 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 the, if the, answer to this, this, uh, the answer to the question wasn't Doc, you know, uh, 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 answer B would have been Ty Lue, I'll be okay with that. I'll be okay with that. I'll roll with that. But, unfortunately, he didn't get it. Doc did. And I like this hire even better. Uh, Mark Jackson's with us here, breaking down this move. Uh, the Sixers get Doc Rivers. And we obviously know, um, Ben, his limitations on offense. How much, you know, people would blame Brett. Oh, he never got Ben to shoot. Do we put that on Brett? And can a different coach get that out of him? Or is that incumbent on the player? Like, is is, Matt, is Doc Rivers going to wave a magic wand and, and all of a sudden Brett uh, Ben Simmons is going to start shooting? Um, or is that far-fetched? That's a great question. Now, I'm one to go against to say people want to blame Brett Brett for that. That's to the player. The player has to want to shoot. Now, with that being said, would you say Ben can't shoot? I don't think it's enough evidence to say he can't shoot the three. He literally chooses not to shoot it. Oh, I agree with what you're saying. I said he he has shot threes in games. They go in. It just he chooses not to. What's he, three for three when he's at, or three for four when he's at? Real three-point shots that he has attempted, about three out of four of them have gone in. So I just don't understand why he makes one, and then it just goes away. It makes no sense. It does not make sense. And then for the head coach to publicly say, we need him to shoot it. And then for that player to take the knowledge here, what you say, I'm still not shooting it. Now, that, that's something bigger than the game. That's something you, you have a superstar who chooses not to do something to help the team. That's something we need to have a sit down, Doc Rivers, Elton Brand. And we need to sit down and say, yo, we need you to shoot. And you're going to sit there and tell me we need you to shoot to help us win? make or miss, and you still saying, no, I'm not shooting, we're going to look at something bigger than that. There's something deeper than that. That's something that maybe we got to say, I'll, he's just not the player we think he is. 
if he chooses not to shoot it, even though it will help the team. I don't put all that in Brett Brown. I think it's something bigger than that. Tobias Harris had his best statistical career with Doc Rivers in L.A. How much do you think that that could play a role uh, this upcoming season? I think that could play a big role. You know, proof is in the pudding. Under Doc Rivers, he flourished. Uh, we got him expecting that same thing. Unfortunately, we didn't get it. But also, I understand it's a different system, different personnel. Maybe he needs some adjustments. Maybe Doc could do some things in the system to make Tobias a little bit more, uh, a, a little bit more comfortable into being consistent with his play. Um, I'm gonna lean to the better and say that is the case. But if you once again, if the first thing we start off, what do we need? Uh, player now changes. Then that puts everything back at square one. I think we're going to stick with what we have and see how it goes from there. Mark Jackson with us here. Obviously, um, you got uh, Doc Rivers here. I, I actually, there's a report out there that they're going to go after uh, Alvin Gentry. I think that would be a tremendous hire because one thing with Brett, I think maybe his staffs were a little inexperienced. I, I co-sign I co it. As we say, I co-sign them, them uh, that still in exactly. That Alvin Gentry. And Doc Rivers, as you're taught to that, now come on now. It's a big difference. Impressive. That's, that's a big difference from the past. And that's something to say, hey, we're about now. We're about winning now. We're, we have some players that can help us. We've had, we got, we had two, two legitimate head coaches, and Alan Jerry and Doc Rivers. Come on now. Yeah. Let's get it done. Well, we'll leave with this because. Um, at the end of the year, you get swept, and obviously the coach gets fired, and then you're starting to look around, and you're like, man, we were the sixth seed. Are we falling further towards seven, eight, nine? And all of a sudden they hired Doc Rivers. Do you feel better than you did when the season ended that this roster can go up, or is it still a team that needs a lot of help, even with the new coach? Now, listen, you just said something. We think about – we talked about winning the championship. We finished about – getting home court advantage. We talked about all, all that this year. Now, when you got Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, Josh Richardson, you have these players. I want you to think about this. The, the, the play, you're only as good as your talent, respectfully. The best ability is of dull ability. This entire season, this, it was always someone else. The last couple of years, it's always starting with Joel Embiid. It's always something that's keeping him out or somebody else out. That's a big reason this team fell to the sixth seed because someone's always out injured. Can we stay healthy? Healthy enough to make a run. I think that's so important. And if you're healthy enough to make a run, this team hopefully can do that. Mark Jackson, and of course, he, like all guys, appeared via the Boardwalk Honda Hotline. Mark, I appreciate you jumping on, pal. Appreciate y'all, guys. It was fun. All right. He, like all guests, appeared via the Boardwalk Honda Hotline. Good to get him in there, get his opinions and uh, thoughts. And I'll tell you this. He just made a great point. The injuries have really crippled this team. I mean, it felt like Brett Brown was on the podium almost weekly saying, it is what it is. I got to just keep going. I mean, late in that year, it was almost comical. Guys just getting hurt. Josh Richardson goes down. Ben goes down. I mean, if they're healthy... That's a different story. This team has not been healthy in seven years, it feels like. No doubt about it, yeah. And I'm just looking at Ben Simmons this year and seeing what we're going to get out of him. Not that Joel Embiid and him developing doesn't matter. That matters just as much. But I am really intrigued with what we what we can get out of Ben Simmons this year with a guy like Doc Rivers. Will it be different or will it be the same? How will we utilize him? You just heard what Mark Jackson had to say. 
Have your voice heard. 609-403-0973 on the text board. PlaySugarHouse.com text board. By the way, 11 pitches by Sixto. Seven of them, 100 miles an hour. One, two, three, first inning. He's better than Aaron Nola. It could have been Sixto Sanchez, Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler. I would have loved it. He's got a loved it. You know he's got a tattoo on his neck? 45. I'm getting one of those. Ash on 97.3 ESPN. 11 minutes to the top of the hour. I got Sports Bash Cash Code Word coming up for you in six minutes from now. The Sixto Sanchez guys is pretty good. Who had him? He's the best pitcher I've ever seen. Wow. Am I going too crazy here? It's a little hyperbole. Yeah, it's a little much, but you get my point. He's pretty good. He's going to be the best pitcher in baseball, though, in a couple years. He's probably going to be an all-star. Yeah, more than just an all-star. Maybe a Cy Young candidate. Oh, yeah. What if he was, like, what if he was DeGrom? You know, that level of sub-2 ERA every hey, single year? He got two years of the best catcher in baseball. Oh, that's right. Whew, thank, thank the Lord. I mean, what do you do in that situation, though? Seriously, like, there's a lot of teams that trade hot, top prospects away, and they never amount to anything. But here's the issue. they He had a lot of arm problems. That's why they traded him. He had a lot of arm problems. For them to not recognize this talent. Got the best catcher in baseball. Is what blows my mind. Stop with that. No. You got him at 30 to 36, though. Like, if you were to sign him, like, you're getting him from these years that really isn't his his prime, if you will. He's not 25. Got him at 29, you know? Yeah, I'm just saying, like, they went out and got the best catcher in baseball. With the idea of not re-signing him. I don't know if that was the idea. You don't think so? When Matt Clentag spoke about it in the well, in the media here's conference, the problem. I don't think they thought they were going to be the best. He was going to be the best catcher in baseball to get paid like the best catcher in baseball. Well, then that's another flaw for trading someone like Sixto Sanchez for someone that you don't expect to even be the best catcher. Look, in I'm baseball. not advocating. At the time, I remember though, Sixto had a lot of arm problems, and that was probably the the reasoning behind it. Like, hey, this guy's got a lot of arm problems. He, you know. Prospects don't make it. Yeah, well, Spencer Howard has a lot of arm problems too, and he's not looking good. Yeah, well, guess I just what? like how do you, you have nobody base, offered anything? For you him. have yeah. There's a reason why you have baseball people, baseball people, and they can't recognize that type of talent. Well, it's hard to recognize a talent when his arms busted. But this is a different <laughs> level, though. This is another level of dominance. This isn't just a good pitcher in baseball. This is like an elite level pitcher in baseball. Sure, I mean that was. You know, I'm talking about three years ago. It's just so frustrating. I mean, two seasons ago, but three years ago, here was a guy who had arm problems and, and, and couldn't stay. I mean, I do remember Sixto having a lot of issues when he was in the Phillies organization. They had to keep shutting him down. He's 22 years old now, though. You're right. I mean, at 19 years old, 20 years old, all right, he had some arm problems. but And I guess that spooked him off a little bit. I'm devastated. Like, you look at his numbers game. in 2017. You, you're complaining about Medina? 455 ERA. I mean, am I supposed to look at that and be like, yeah, I'm excited? But I, I promise you that his stuff had, like, how do you not notice this? There was a point where this organization claimed he is untouchable. Untouchable. So they did recognize the talent. You didn't hear that about Medina. He was literally labeled as nobody is ever touching this guy, yet then they just flip the page and go down this road. So it just doesn't make sense. What year was that? What, two years ago or so? I don't know, because they if they said no one's touching him, they traded him about 10 minutes later. Yeah, exactly. Two, three years ago, he was untouchable. Yeah, in 2017, at single A, he was 0-4 with a 4.55 ERA. And that's probably when he was battling some of the arms. Right, stuff. so you see a guy 0-4 with a 4.55, and someone offers you the best catcher in baseball, you're probably thinking, all right, it's more. I got more reason to make that deal. 
And if he was going through arm problems at the time, I just feel if you've seen him at his best, you need to – like, you pay these scouts. There is a problem with pitching and the Phillies organization. You go through the list of what they've developed. It's been awful, absolutely awful yeah. over so many years. The window that I'm talking about is so large, you can't even justify it. So, obviously, the people who are watching these pitchers and training these pitchers and develop them, developing them, they're just not doing a good enough job. Odd, too, because last year with the Marlins, single A, 0-2, 491. That is odd. That's not very good. No, 491 is not good at all. Well, guess what? He's healthy now, and it is yeah. game-changing hey, look, stuff. It's one of those deals where you take a shot, and you are getting an established player. You're giving up a prospect. Many times that prospect does not make it. How many times have we seen top prospects get traded, Justin Smoke, or, you know, there's a list of names. I mean, the Phillies benefited from those trades all the time when they traded for Cliff Lee. They traded four guys. Not one of those. Now, Carrasco's pitching. Yeah. He's been pretty good. Hasn't been an ace of the staff, but he's probably a two or a three. Yep, that's a good fit for him. When they traded Roy Halladay, they traded Drabeck away. I was totally against trading Drabeck. I hated trading uh, Kyle Drabeck. Never made it. Our problems. Blew it out. They've been so many times. When the Phillies traded Cliff Lee and got three pitchers in return, not one of those guys made it. You know? I, I guess here's the difference. When your organization has done everything wrong, it would be different if they made a lot of moves and like some of them were like good moves. They haven't done anything really successful in so long that it makes this worse. You know, like yes, Alec Boom, good hitter, intriguing, but it's not like they've had a lot of success with these moves at all. So it just it hurts. It hurts. All right, Sports Bash Cash code word. Here you go. You can win up to ten thousand dollars. Just go to our website, 973ESPN.com, or tap on your app. And enter the word fish, F-I-S-H, fish. I had some fish for dinner last night, made a nice tilapia. Fish is the word. It's brought to you by Jersey Shore Federal Credit Union. Now